This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, looking out the window saying, mm, where's that sunshine? Oh, there she is. There's that little sunny person, my friend Charlie Dobbin. Aw, hey, uh, Frank. You got your running shoes on. You're all set to take off, aren't you? I'm ready to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be taking off on vacation. I am. Time. You know, you, Well, that's, that's that H word I haven't used for many, many years, it feels like. I'm going to actually take a holiday. Good for you. Yeah, Elliot and I are going to spend a week. Uh-huh. Um, funny that now that the weather's gotten so nice, we are going to go south and just relax and... Beachside, nice. pina colada in one hand, margarita in the other, and I'm good to what? go. I would think nothing different for you, honest to God. No, that's great. Good for you. Loaded up my Kobo with some books, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's going to be fun. Well, I know you get a raft of announcements. Let me get the numbers sure. on the air yeah. here first, okay? Uh, and so if you'd like to call in to Charlie, whether uh, you have a question or a comment, you know, that's good. 416 360 0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll free 1 866 744 740. If you're a first time caller, please let Sebastian know, our operator. And uh, when you come to the air, you'll hear that. And your little welcoming bell, right? Get That's your wings. Get your wings, garden and, wings. And our, uh, our little mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. Okay? All right, just while I'm thinking about it, because yeah. I forget later. Because I won't be here next Saturday, mm. you will be joined by Dennis Flanagan. Oh, we always have a ton of fun. Yeah, he's going to fill in yep. for me. So don't have too much fun. Okay, no, no. <laughs> no, you're, you're guaranteed your job when you come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the meantime, lots going on. Tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is meeting 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They're meeting in rooms 3 and 4. The speaker is Jessica Bond. She will be speaking on spring rose maintenance. Of course, everyone is welcome to attend. Free entrance, free parking. The Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society holds its annual super plant sale on Sunday, May 7th, so next Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East at Leslie in Toronto. You will find choice plants seldom available at garden centres beautifully grown by the members. And that is true. The Ontario mm-hmm. Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is quite a special group. They have um, members are, are very, um, they're very keen uh, gardeners, horticulturalists, many of them. And so choice plants, unusual plants will be available at their plant sale. Um, flowers, foliage for sun and shade. Again, everyone is welcome. Free admission, free parking. Uh, if you want more information, www.onrockgarden.com. On Monday, May 8th, the Agent Court Garden Club meets at 8 p.m. until 9.30-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're one of those groups yeah. that they have so much fun, nobody wants to go home. 
Location is the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Sorry, I just kicked you. That's okay. In <laughs> in-house experts Bruce Vaden and Anne Steffener will teach everyone about how to enter a flower show. So that sounds like fun. So that's, uh, as I said, 8, 8 p.m. Monday the 8th. And then one more thing just to put on your calendars. Okay. <clears throat> Friday, May 12th. Well, actually, maybe I'll give you the May 10th. Well, I got two here. <clears throat> Riverdale Hort Society, May 10th. Regular meeting. Patricia Landry will be speaking. She's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, staff person with Toronto Parks, Forestry and Rec. They meet at the Frankland Community Centre, which is, of course, 816 Logan Avenue at 7 p.m., just south of the Danforth. And a very special Georgetown Hort Society plant sale and silent auction. Friday, May 12th. 6 to 8 p.m. at the Gellert Community Centre on 8th Line in Georgetown. Um, just in time for Mother's Day. Big variety, lots of different plant materials to work from, choose from, including bags of soil, mulch, and compost. Wow, a whole bunch to digest oh, there. The, the notes just go on and on. There's so much going on. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, we'll be going on to the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, and as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And we'll be back to say hi to Josephine from Pickering in just a couple of moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 9.15 on a rather cloudy Saturday morning. And, uh, Josephine, Charlie and I have decided that you should get a bell just for being in line first most. Okay? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Congratulations. Want to know something that makes up for the fact that I never got a bell the first time I phoned? Oh, well, well, there you are. Here you okay. go. You've got your wings big time now. <laughs> yeah, you know when the sun's going to come out at 5 o'clock tonight. And yeah. then at 7 o'clock, it's going to start raining. I know. Oh, it's a rainy week. Come Thank in. you for those happy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think how well everything's going to grow. Uh-huh, exactly. exactly. So what's on your mind today? Okay. I have two lawns, one on one side and one on the other side, that are crazy. They're growing thistles. They're growing dandelions. Mm. They're growing everything, including crabgrass, which I have dug up about every five years. Okay. What can I do? Uh, how big are these lawns? Uh, well, the average, I'm in Pickering, so the average lawn is, I would say it's about, uh, let's see, it, it is about um, <laughs> about 40 by uh, 35. Oh, both of them? or Yeah, they're the oh, same size as what mine is. So they've got, you know, oh, I see what you're saying. The, the thistles are going rampant. Ugh. And the one on the uh, left-hand side of me is a real nuisance. Because okay. they don't take care of their place at all. Yeah. Well, well, not much you can do about that, is there? Really? Uh, what you can do, um, there are plants like thistles are considered a, a noxious plant. Very noxious, and they have deep roots. Deep roots. The roots can go, believe it or not, for like kilometers. They're yeah, very, oh, really? yeah, they're very hard to get rid of. Call. You know what you do? Go on your Pickering website, right. your town, city, whatever it is, municipality website, and somewhere in there there's going to be a bylaw that says people must do certain things to care for their gardens front and back. And if they aren't doing that, then you can support – you can call – 
call on them, if you will, tattle on them that they are not doing what they're supposed to do. And then somebody will come. They'll send somebody out to take a look. Um, you won't have anything to do with it. You're completely out of the loop once you've put in your complaint. Well, they'll uh, know who called. Probably, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. I, you know, there's been so, trouble with them before, and so, the, the town, like the city's been after them before. Oh, okay. And yeah. not because of me. Yeah, well, that means, so that's the problem, though, because the, if somebody really isn't caring for their property yeah. and is spreading all kinds of troublesome, problematic weeds and infestations of all kinds of things nobody wants, then it, it is up t- to the officials to stop that from happening. That, yeah. And so they will... You know, tell them they have to get on it. If they don't get on it, the city will take care of their garden for them and then send them a bill for it. Yeah, uh, well, they don't seem to do any good. They take yeah. uh, that happens a couple of times, and yeah. I don't know. I don't understand these people. Uh, well, I'm not sure exactly what you can do besides that, or you know, again, what can I put down? Well, you can't really technically go on their property and do anything. No, no, I mean on my property. Oh, well, you, well, right now is the best time with all this rain coming. Make sure your lawn has been well raked. Right. Dig out anything that doesn't belong in there, whether it's a dandelion or a thistle or crabgrass. The crabgrass, though, you shouldn't be seeing quite yet. It no, might have... but you can see the leaves, the leaves coming. Yeah, if you just see those little little cl- yeah, um, they're clumps, starting to come. Then definitely because they're very easy to pull out with all this with the soil so moist. Right. You know, just spend a little bit of time. Do what yeah. I do. Take a nice little cushion. Sit down. Nice screwdriver for digging these things out. Bottle of glass of wine. <laughs> bottle of wine. Whatever. And get you know spend the time clean it all up. Little top dressing. Little. Uh, uh, seeding and raking it around, and the rain will do the, the rest of the work oh, from there. Okay, Josephine. I'm glad you can yeah. get down. I get down, and I have trouble getting up. Well, there's some cool tools for that. You know, there are some now, kneelers with I've got to handles. replace some of the tools yeah. that were damaged at the time of that accident. Yeah. All okay, right. my love. Thank get you very that. much, and good good luck with that uh, as we uh, progress along on this Saturday morning to say hi to uh, a listener in Georgetown. That's Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. Um, I'd love to look after my orchids, and I've been very successful with them. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm not able to find any suppliers that either have those special tubs, because they seem to be plastic. I wonder why. And also the bark. Um, I, I even went to Sheridan, which is just north of us here yeah. in Georgetown. Yeah. And they don't have any of the supplies, so I wonder uh, that's where weird. I could go. Yeah. Cause, and you, you asked them in the store? Yeah. And, and they said, no, we just don't carry anything here, because they do in their other stores. Oh, they do? Oh, that's strange, because it's like their head office up there. Yeah, so, yeah. So I thought they would have that. So. I mean, for sure they should have the orchid bark. I mean, there's all places like Sheridan's have a wall, usually, mm-hmm. that is set aside with small bags of potting soil for the indoor gardener. So mm-hmm. they'll have... You know, cactus soil, African violet soil, tropical plant soil, different soils. And then often they'll have some seed starting mix and that sort of thing. <clears throat> but there oh, should always be some orchid bark there. Um, otherwise, you're in Georgetown. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> it's too bad you. it's not closer to Valentine's Day because right at the Valentine's Day weekend every year, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society has their big event at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and they definitely sell a lot of stuff there. Maybe it's worth checking them out on the web, the um, S-O-O-S dot C-A, so Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Find out when they meet next or, or send a, an email to the, to the you know, there'll be an info, um, <clears throat> excuse me, email address, and just send a, a question on suggestions for where you could shop for in your area for the things you're looking for. Thank you. I have one orchid now that's... Uh 
floored so many times. I've had it four years. Wow. And I have, I'm lucky I've got two windows, one south, one west, nice. in the kitchen. Perfect. And uh, so they love it. And so I give the new orchids back to the girls, my daughters. Oh, nice. And when they've died off, they bring them back. Yeah, so they, they call me the orchid whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good for you. Thing, yeah. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, so I can't, I, I can't tell you definitively where to shop in the Georgetown area, but I am surprised that the Sheridans there doesn't have anything. But yeah. do check out the Orchid Society. They'll be able to help you. Thanks a lot, Sheila. Okay, and as we uh, say goodbye yeah. to Sheila, I'll let you know that we have uh, now lines open here at 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area callers. And uh, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie and Frank, on a Saturday morning here, hmm. the Garden Show is on the air, and we'll be talking to Francis here in Toronto in just moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto as we head out to, uh, well, just around the corner maybe. Hey, Francis, welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I have a Jackmanian um, climber. It's a purple one. Yep, a clematis, yep. Clematis. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's uh, about, uh, oh, 10 feet high. Mm-hmm. And there, I noticed the shoots, uh, the leaves are just starting to come out. Now, should I cut off the old... Um, flower that's on there or yeah you know what you do with a jack manny clematis to really have the best show this summer is you get out your pruners mm-hmm. and you i know it's going to seem like it's a big deal but you're going to cut that entire plant right off about six inches above the ground level oh yep you're just going to go straight across if you really want to do it properly you'll cut each stem just above a set of buds or young leaves that are just starting to emerge because mm-hmm. they are little they they're in pairs on the on the stems. Mm-hmm. Do be careful though because where you're cutting the, you know the tops are going to all get in the compost but below clematis is very very brittle at this time of year. So you want when you're doing this pruning just go across, you know, chop 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 all the way across and then don't fool around with the plant that's down at ground level. Don't start, you know, modifying it or you know what I'm saying like try to shoot it in any particular direction just leave it alone till it starts to grow but pull out everything that you've cut off and brown bag or compost and you will find that you'll get a lot more um, stems or branching and you should have flowers right from the bottom or right to the top and it will grow that same 10 feet in one year uh, oh I see so sure I cut it down to um about a foot or... Yeah, a foot or less. Mm-hmm. Yep, just right across. And, and I know it'll seem horrible, but it'll be the best thing you can do. I see. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay, Francis, thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. Hey, here's a first-time caller now. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Ellen in Queensville. There you are. Welcome to the show. 
Oh, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Welcome. My, my uh, problem is regarding a hydrangea plant. Mm -hmm. It's a very large plant, and we've had it for many years. Now, the last couple of seasons, the last couple of summers, I've noticed that the leaves are all rolled up with a sticky substance, and when I unroll them, I find a small worm-like creature inside. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I just don't know what... It hasn't killed the plant, fortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, however, of course, the flowering is less, the leaves are less, it doesn't look as, uh, as lovely. And uh, I'm wondering, is there any preventative measure that I could take now, just as it's mm -hmm. coming into leaf, that would uh, counteract this? Do you, does this plant flower? Yes, it does. Okay, that's good. Um, well, you know, that's a really good question. <sighs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you've got the insect you have there is called a leaf roller. Basically what it does is it does roll the leaf around itself and make that little nest for itself. Yes. And it puts a little bit of webbing just to stitch the rolled leaf together to keep it in that little sleeping bag form. And it hunkers down in there. And, of course, it pupates to move on to the next part of its life cycle. Yes. So what can you do other than keep your eyes peeled for when that process begins? So that means you know, visiting this plant every day. Okay. And watching for this, the beginning of this process. And when you, as soon as you see that rolling starting, you could at that point get out soap and water, not detergent and water, but soap and water or safer soap, just a, a, a low toxicity um, insecticide okay. because the little tiny larvae or caterpillars that are going to do that rolling are on the plant at that point. And if you can contact the insect with the spray, you can kill the insects before they do that rolling. Okay. But timing is everything. Okay. 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 And they do, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've certainly seen them on some of my hydrangeas. And as soon as I see it, I go and I start opening the leaves up. Because yeah. the, the more you fight that insect, right, you just don't want to... Clever little devil thing. I know. Yeah. Yes, they They've are. evolved. They're so amazing with some of the tricks and techniques <laughs> and that, that insects yeah. have. That's right. They to have make... to do that to survive. That's yeah. right. So mm -hmm. you just have to make life miserable for them. So as okay. soon as they start rolling, you start unrolling. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. But not necessarily pick the leaf right off? No. No, nope, okay. I would not, because the plant needs the leaves. Yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah, I would try and, yeah, and don't. The leaf and just, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. And it's safer soap, is it? Yep, safer soap. But, but remember, you, you, if you spray the curled leaves, like, look, I'm just showing a picture yep. here to Frank. It's quite amazing how they do it. Look mm -hmm. how much that's curled. It's, it's typically the tips, like the top mm -hmm. uh, newest growth of the shrub that this happens to. So if you just spray with the insects inside, you won't be effective at all. The insects will not die. No. So you've got to you know, get them as they're in the process of starting the rolling and open up any of the rolled leaves before you spray. Okay. 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 I will try to do that. It's a large plant, so it'll be quite a, a big task. I know. But um, I will try that. But thank you very much for your information and for your help. Oh, Thanks, Ellen. Thanks thank you, for and welcome to the show anytime, okay? Yeah. First time caller, Queensville. Coffee's always on. 9.31 here on a Saturday morning as we, uh, oh, take a little trip uh, to the west a little bit. Yeah, there, Cambridge. There's Marguerite. Good morning, Marguerite. I think it's Margaret. Oh, Margaret, is it? I okay. think so. Good morning. Yes, it Good is. Good morning. Margaret. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Excellent. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm calling regarding uh, roots from cedar trees mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. our neighbor's yard that are mm. about 40 feet high. Mm. I cut them at the fence, and it seems as if they keep growing. Do yeah. Roots keep 
growing even though they're cut? Well, actually what happens is you, you um, inspired them to grow even more by cutting them. You're kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, they suffocate, it suffocates uh, my plants. Yeah, I know. It's a problem. So you went along with what? Like a, like a, a sharp... Sh- sh- shovel uh, next to the fence. And, and you just jumped on the shovel and sliced down into the roots? Yes. Right. So every wherever you cut a root, new growth appeared. But instead of having one single root, you've got multiple roots growing from those cut points. Um, so that's it's like, yeah, it's, it's like pruning yeah. a plant. Right? So uh-huh. often when we prune, we cause density and more growth as a result of our pruning. So what are you going to do? Um, so is stuff. It, yeah. Is there a solution like to try to kill the, the ones? Do no. roots cut roots? keep on growing it seems as yeah. if they are yep they do keep growing now they'll usually grow if they're 40 feet tall those are old cedars oh yeah typically Absolutely. the growth of the roots is out on the uh, ends of the roots so the extremes that so the tips of the roots can be a long ways away from where the plants are depending on the kind of plant but of course cedars have a real fibrous root system like it's like a massive netting that grows <laughs> beneath the plants they're not deep rooted they tend to be very shallow rooted um and, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to think. It's, there's no way you could change the grade. Even if you did add soil to your side, the roots are just going to grow up higher into whatever soil you add. Well, that's what I've done, and yeah. that's exactly what's happening. And, um, and I know I have in the past when I've been gardening on the opposite side of somebody else's cedar hedge, like you say, many things won't grow because the cedar is such a dominant plant. So I've used horticultural lime sprinkled on the soil on my side of the cedar uh, hedge. To what is it, lime? Horticultural lime. And so it is lime will raise the pH because the cedar is dropping the pH of the soil and making it a fairly uncomfortable environment for every, anything other than moss to grow there. So if we add some lime to the soil, then we can go in with some plants that will thrive in a better way because it's a better pH for them. Even if it's just annual flowers, like but, uh, plants will be much happier that you plant around there. So don't cut any more roots, and don't and don't bother adding any soil because you're just going to wash it all into your neighbor's yard anyway. Well, no, the, the, these cedars are planted in the cement uh, uh, backyard. Uh, like it's a big Planter. Huge patio type of thing, but yeah. they're right in the cement. Mm. Yeah. And so they're not getting much water, but whenever I water my plants, uh, things are coming my way. Well, and the roots are probably went down and then have gone out. Like they've gone down into the ground beneath the, the concrete barrier mm-hmm. which they're planted into. So you're right. There's uh, The roots are probably quite happy to come to your garden because there is some yeah. access to moisture and fertilizer and all the yeah. important things that plants need. So it's unfortunate, but there's not a lot you can do that I can okay, think of. Okay, so that, this lime thing I yeah. would just put along the fence line? Well, you'll that? sprinkle it uh, on the surface of the soil. There will be instructions on the bag. You can uh-huh. pick up a bag of horticultural lime at any garden center or even the home stores. Mm-hmm. We'll have it at this okay. time of year. And uh, you're just going to, it's like a soil amendment. So you're going to Sprinkle it. You're going to mix lightly, and then whatever you're trying to grow, plant it after you've added the lime. Okay. Oh, the okay. plants are already there. So oh, are that's they? how okay. I know, like, the plants where I had to pull them out and take all the roots off. Yeah, I know. There's yeah. really not a lot All right. Well, do. I'm going to try that. All we'll right. Okay. Work. okay. All right. Thanks a lot. For Thanks, you. Good luck. Let us know how that works out. Yeah, I don't, there's really no good solution to that. 
And our, our good buddy in the uh, control room there, Sebastian, says, Ooh, somebody has called and wants to know your email address, Charlie. So let me give that out. Okay? Snail mail. Snail. Oh, oh well, all right. Now there you go. I got it here. Oh, have Do you? Do you know okay. it? No. Off, well, here at the off station. Top of my noggin. Okay, 70 so. Jefferson. Avenue. That's right. Yeah. So Charlie Dobbin, just, you know. C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Charlie, last name Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N. And, of course, it's care of AM740, 7070 Jefferson Avenue in Toronto. We're here in Liberty Village. On, yes. We're at the corner of Jefferson and Liberty. Uh, and the uh, postal code is m 6 k one Y four. Wow! Look, you so organized. Hmm. Right. Hey, uh, I wonder how organized uh, our friends south of the border are. Well, hey, there's Sam from Tonawanda, New York, and a first-time caller. Oh. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi, Charlie. Hey. I would like to say hello to Frank too, but he talks too much as it is. I think. <laughs> I like well, you already, after, Sam. <laughs> after welcoming you, I'm going to pull that welcome mat right up on you. Don't put me on the char- on the patrol of uh, <laughs> you know, pr- yeah, patrolman Proctor, man. The Proctor Patrol. That's right. Right. <laughs> What's on your mind, Sam? Well, I got a couple of mandevilla plants that are really sick. Mm. Uh, I have two in a pot that's about ten inches that has probably a total of seven leaves on them right now. Mm-hmm. And if I sneeze, they'll be gone. Mm. They turn yellow and fall off. Ooh. And these came in last fall, obviously. Yes. And how did they make it through the winter? Were they fairly healthy through the winter? They made it through the winter pretty good until about a month ago, and then they started turning yellow. I also have another mandevilla in a three-inch pot that's sending out long runners. Mm. And it's got a lot of growth on it, mm-hmm. but what happens is they start to get yellowish too, and a lot of them fall off. So, did anything change in the last month or so? Did you move the plants? Have you changed your watering? Have you been fertilizing? Uh, I I try. I've watered it. I check it with my meter. Mm-hmm. Um, probably at five mm-hmm. on the meter. Yeah, which is right in the middle. Yeah. Okay, which might be a little more often, more than you need, but go ahead. Any okay. fertilizer? Sun, what about light levels? Light levels, I have it in a window that's uh, facing east. Okay. So <clears throat> the brighter the better. If you had a western or a southern window, that would be brighter than east. Which, so that would be a, an option if you can move them. I would be very careful of the watering. What you want with the mandevilla is you want to water thoroughly when you water, so sufficient water that the water pours out the drainage holes at the bottom of those 10-inch pots you mentioned, because they are in pots with holes, I assume. Right. And you should have a saucer below, and of course, thorough watering, the water comes out the bottom. Right. Have all of that. Yep. And then let it sit. Now, it might take, in an east window, it might take two weeks, might take three weeks. Let those plants dry down so that your meter, when you push your little probe on your moisture meter into the soil, you want it not to get right to dry, but you want it definitely towards the dry side. So um, these plants would be better to dry out quite thoroughly and then be watered 
again thoroughly. So they want, you want those sort of extremes. You don't want to keep them constantly moist. And that might be why you're seeing that yellow, the yellow leaves. The other thing is we are at a time when plants are really responding mm-hmm. to the longer days and they're all desperate to get outside. That's why they're saying, you know, put me outside. It's gorgeous <laughs> out there. We haven't had a frost in like weeks. You know, they, they could actually be going outside in the shade on nice days if you could kind of roll them in and out weather dependent. But um, it, it would be inappropriate when, when you are watering next time, mix up some a flowering plant fertilizer in with the water and okay. give them a dose of fertilizer. That will certainly help as well. And if necessary, just cut back. If, if you've got dead growth there, cut away anything dead. Uh, that will encourage new growth. Well, if I, scrape, if I scrape the bark on these, my one mandevilla has absolutely no leaves on it, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of tiny growth at the base of it. Perfect. That's but exactly. what happens is that tiny growth eventually just dries up and goes away. Okay, but so that's where we need more light and less water. <clears throat> because that little tiny growth is not using a lot of water. So you've got to allow those, those little tiny growths to grow, and the, if, they give, if they get enough light, they will, and you will water when your meter tells you what, that you're dry enough to water. So I, like I said, that could be a week. It could be three or four weeks, just depending on temperature and light levels. Okay. Now, when the weather gets better, should I stick it out in the sun? Absolutely, but don't start sticking in the sun. Start sticking in the shade and then move into the sun over a period of two weeks. There you go. It's called hardening off. We're all getting ready to do that with our houseplants. Yeah, pleasure to welcome you to the show, Sam, and uh, do do call again. Yeah, okay? thanks for calling. All righty. Uh, we're at uh, 940, almost 941, so we have to take a little bit of a break here, but we're coming back to talk to Gene uh, in Hamilton, just another Gene in Oshawa. Oh, too. So nice. all those folks waiting to talk to Charlie, and that will happen momentarily here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, and Charlie, we're going to take a little trip uh, to Hamilton now. There's Jean. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Hi, Hi, Charlie. I have a question about how to stop my 10-year-old cedars from growing. Oh. <laughs> Hard to do. Yes. I mean, plants want to grow, right? Yes. Uh, so they just, they're getting too tall and out of control? Mm-hmm. How tall are they roughly now? Um, about 10 feet, did you say? No. No. They're 10 years old. Oh, 10 years old, right. They're about, oh, seven, seven eight feet, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is that the optimal height? Like you'd like them to stay yes, right around there? Uh, yes, I can't uh, look after the money. I'm yeah, but see, that's good. That's a controllable size. It's not like they're 25 feet or something no, like that. No. So what what you do is you anticipate how much growth is likely to form this growing season on the cedars. So yes. typically in, in a year, cedars can grow as much as yeah, 10 centimeters, 4 inches, thereabouts. Yeah. So what I would do is I would say, okay, if I cut today, not today, but in the next month, do a shearing of the the cedars, so the sides and the tops, shearing away roughly four inches of growth. Then it off the top too? Yep. And by at the end of the season, you're right where you are today. Oh. It keeps it at that yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay. But the time to do the shearing on the cedars for any of our evergreen 
evergreens that require pruning is when they are actively growing and they're not actively growing yet. It's still too early. So it's usually kind of mid-June, late May, depending on where the, how the spring's working out. But you'll see that flush, that bright, bright green new growth. And as soon as that starts, that's the time to get out your, your hedge shears or hedge, you know, clippers and just do that sort of four inches of removal sides and top and then stand back and the growth will continue and it'll cover all those blunt ends that you've pruned away. Thanks very much. All right. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. All righty. Uh, we're, uh, well, my gosh, we're just full of jeans this morning, I'll tell you. There's another jean. <laughs> and we're wearing jeans, from, both yes, of us. <laughs> yeah, from Oshawa. Hi, Jean. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello there, folks. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I have an uh, ivy plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, uh, um, leaves are turning yellow. Mm-hmm. And I've had it for a number of years, 10 years or more. Wow. And I've never had this problem. But I wonder if it's root-bound. Maybe it's similar to one you caller you had a, a couple of calls back. Well, that yeah, that was the mandevillas are are a tropical plant that, you, that sometimes people really kind of put them to sleep for the winter and then wake them up in the spring and and it's easy to overwater in a situation like that where a certain amount of dormancy has taken place. Yeah, has anything changed with your ivies? Have you moved them or uh, when was the last time they were repotted or transplanted? Quite a long time ago. Yeah, and it's quite a large plant? Yes, it is. I have three of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have them in a west window. Okay, that's good. But and are they in hanging baskets, or have you got them, you know, sort of trained on a on a trellis, or how does it work? No, uh, they're just on a sideboard, whatever you, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, a table. Yeah. And they just trail out of the pot onto the ground, and you trim them on occasion? Yes. Okay. I trimmed them last year and gave them to a friend of mine, but uh, I can't understand. All these years I've had it. Yeah. But you're right. It could be something as simple as the soil is just tired. This It's been so long, and they probably are very root-bound. Yeah. Could you... I mean, remember, if you put them into a bigger pot, the plants are going to get bigger. So maybe that isn't something you want. But certainly something that plants like this can really, they're pretty tough plants. So one thing you can do is spread out a bunch of newspaper, you know, tilt the pots over, pull the plant out of the pot, then go and scrub the pot out because if you want to keep the put it back into the same pot. You could do this. Scrub out because there'll be salt build up and, you know, white um, cakey stuff inside the pot. You have to scrub that out. Then you have your sharp little pruners. You prune away about a third of the roots. Yeah. And at the same time, you're going to haircut the top, bring, you know, a third of the top uh, will be pruned away as well. Yeah. You have some fresh potting soil on hand, fresh yeah. soil into the original pot, then the root ball back into that original pot with some fresh soil around, thorough watering, and back into that western window. You'll find that that would be very invigorating for the plants, mm-hmm. yeah. the pruning of roots and pruning of, of top growth. And at the same time, you wouldn't, it won't end up kind of growing and taking over your house if you maintain it in that same size pot that it's currently in. But the freshening of the soil would be a very, very in, uh, rejuvenating thing to do for the plants. And wash out the pot at the same time. Exactly. Give and it a scrub. Thank you for your wonderful help. You're very okay, welcome. Jean, thank Thanks you. for your call. Always oh, nice to hear a friendly voice like that. Eh? It sure yeah, is. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Gee, yeah. Uh, uh, we're in moments. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we have to take a little bit of a break here. It's nine forty-nine, uh, yes. and uh, there is Karen waiting in Waterloo. So we'll check into that uh, I- I- location in just moments from now here on Zoomer Radio. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. A little bit of a shout-out, if I may, to uh, Ron and Sue Shane, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, listening in from Waterloo. Oh, there you go, the Waterloo crowd. That's right. Karen can be included in that. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Charlie. How are you? Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Yeah, I called um, maybe two, three, uh, three, four years ago Mm -hmm. about my lawn. Okay. Uh, It was all chewed up, and we put down... um, some landscape fabric, I think it's called, mm-hmm. and built the lawn up from scratch again. Right. And now we seem to be having the same problem. And I think you had recommended uh, ne- nematodes. Yes. We did get those, and it helped mm-hmm. for a while, but as I said, things have deteriorated. Okay, so did, you, so did you actually put fabric down beneath the lawn? No, on oh. top of the, the existing lawn, oh, yeah. and then we built it up again with uh, soil. Okay. So and you, you changed the grade of the lawn. The whole thing went up a few yes. inches. Okay. And that didn't cause a problem in terms of drainage of water, et cetera? No. Uh, my husband had, um, what do you, he had made like channels uh-huh. uh, around the lawn. It was great for a while, but okay. then, yeah, we're well, right back to square one right uh, now. So what I'm thinking is... For those of us that can sort of flash back to last summer, it was very warm and it was very dry. So we had some extensive what would be considered drought conditions. No plant likes extreme drought. And when they are subjected to extremes like extreme heat and extreme dryness, plants become very stressed. When plants are stressed, they don't always die, but they are under stress and thus very susceptible to problems happening. Now, the way the grubs work is that they are pretty smart and they go after an unhappy lawn and they chew the roots away from that unhappy lawn because it's easier to chew on unhappy plants than happy plants. It's, it's interesting how that works. Wow. But the healthier you can keep your plants, the less likely they are to be infested with a disease or an insect. So <clears throat> what I would do is, again, the repair needs to happen. It's, it's pulling weeds. It's top dressing with some good quality soil, uh, overseeding with a good quality grass seed. Beautiful rain is coming, which is going to get all that grass growing up nicely for us. In August, every year without fail, consider getting a hold of those nematodes, following the directions on the package, and applying those nematodes, particularly to the area where you seem to be getting grub damage consistently, because that the, the eggs are typically laid in the same spot every year. So if you have some damage, it's likely that you'll have damage again in the same spot if the conditions are right. So just so to avoid... Every year? Yeah. Just to avoid it, it's preventative, right? You're trying to prevent the problem of the grubs getting started because once they get started, they can really wreak havoc on the lawn. I speak from experience. I had to replace my entire back lawn last year where the, the grubs just, they started and you, you couldn't, couldn't stop them. them yeah. Yeah, you couldn't stop them once they started. So, uh, it's, well, Charlie, is, is there an alternative to the nematodes? Nope, not in Canada. No, we used to have a soil insecticide that was applied, same timing, August, September, that was uh, quite a 
quite a strong insecticide that would be applied, like I said, to the soil. And the idea was to kill those baby uh, larvae just when they were chewing away there late in the summer. That's been disallowed now, It's no longer allowed in Ontario and hasn't been since 2008. So all we can do now is use a biological control, which is using a living entity to annihilate another living entity. So the nematodes really work, but it's really important that you follow all those instructions about moisture in the lawn and watering afterwards and temperature is important, et cetera, et cetera. But they do work. Okay, Karen? Already. Sorry, I wish I could yeah, have better. Be, yeah. yeah, it was easier. The uh, other thing is lawn. Al- great news. Well, the other thing would be a lawn alternative. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like you know what? Forget the lawn. Let's let's look at something else. If it's shady, we have you know ground covers. If it's sunny, we have ground mm-hmm. covers that aren't lawns. Okay. All right. Well, for the second time this morning, we're going to go across the border, uh, oh. head south there to uh, Auburn, New York. This time, there's nice. Kevin. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Good evening, or good morning. Um, <laughs> good morning. I listen to the show all the time. Oh, great. I have a poinsettia plant. It's, it's, uh, uh, it has all the colors, and mm-hmm. it still has the foliage of the dry leaves on top. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and there's a little bit more height to it. Mm-hmm. But there's new green growth, and I'm watering it uh, frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the red is all towards the sunlight, and the green is towards <laughs> the uh, back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if um, am I supposed to trim that yes. and then put it in dormancy? No, trim it, uh, trim it down, and treat it like a house plant. As soon as the weather is we're frost free, I'd get it outside. Leave it in okay. the pot. Just put it in a shady spot outside. Water mm-hmm. as necessary. It will grow quite green and bushy outside yeah. in your garden. Then, okay. come September or late August, you'll bring it in, and then we'll you'll start that dark light. Uh, program that we talked about, you know, 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of light to get it to color up again in time for Christmas. I thought that you just put a, a, a cover on it and, and um, cut it, covered it, and then left it till, till, till August and then, and then opened it up. No, but, it, uh, it will die I if you do how that. You do it now. I can bring it outside. I, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. in the next month, get it outside. Okay. But yeah, if you cover yeah. any plant and leave it alone for any extended period of time, it will die. So yeah, I mean, unless it's a bulb or something that can truly go dormant, poinsettias don't ever really want to be dormant. They, they want to keep growing. But the coloration is a light, dark um, procedure that we have to do. Um, do I transplant it? If it's got roots growing out of the bottom of the pot, you could consider that, yep. But do prune it back now. That will help it to be a bushier, more dense, better-looking plant next fall when you're getting all the color back into it. Okay. I take that foil off and put it outside for the root to grow. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Take care of Auburn, New York for us. I think that's the first time we've had a poinsettia question in Almost May. Yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's the end of April. <laughs> that's so, true, too. I know. Yeah. I know. Those poinsettias are, are quite quite uh, causing a certain amount of dismay for people trying to figure out how to make them do their thing. But did I ever tell you, first time I ever saw a it, poinsettia growing in its natural environment? No. It was a tree. It was maybe 30 feet tall in Mexico. And really? I was in Mexico years and years ago, right around Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, just like after Christmas. And there was this tree, and it was completely red on the top. The whole canopy uh-huh. was red. And of course, it was green underneath. And I'm standing there going, 
that's a poinsettia. You know, I knew them from yeah, home, yeah. like little houseplants. I'd never seen an actual poinsettia tree, and that's exactly how they grow. And, and the reason it works there is because near the equator, you've got 12 hours of dark and 12 uh, hours of light. Of course, and yeah. in rural parts of Mexico, no street lights, no lights at all. Okay. All I'm right. looking at the clock, Charlie, and we only have about half a minute left. We do. For, and you're... for me to wish you a wonderful holiday. Oh, thank Just you. Have your, you and Elliot have a wonderful time. Yeah, it's going to be a great I'll parade. take care of the shop as best I can you with Dennis. Sure, okay. you'll be okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank, and have a good show this afternoon. You betcha. I'll, I'll be there see... 1, 1 to 3.30. All right, I'll see everybody again in two weeks. Yes. Bye for now. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.